0: Hey, sweet ones. Welcome back to the All That To Say podcast with me, your host, Elizabeth Klein. On this podcast, we talk about the hard stuff. A, because I've been through a lot of it. B, because most of you have too. And C, because I believe that God's heart is for those who are on the margins and therefore our hearts should be for those as well. Today, we're going to talk about homelessness with my very special guest, my son-in-law, Alex Madrid. Welcome to the show, Alex. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here. Um, Alex has been married to my daughter for over four years, and I love him like a son. And I thought homelessness and people experiencing homelessness would be a meaningful topic to talk about because I don't know a person on this planet who hasn't driven past someone with a sign saying that they were homeless or needed money. And I've kind of come up with like my whatever way of how i handle it maybe 25 percent of the time which is where i go to the closest fast food restaurant and i either buy a gift card or i buy a meal and then i drive back around to the person and i give it to them but then there's the rest of the time when i drive by and i feel sad and guilty but then usually keep going on to my next thing so i thought this could be a topic that could be really really helpful for us to dive into and I'm gonna let Alex explain why he's the one to talk to. So why don't you like jump in and share what your role is and where you do it?
1: Sure. So my official title is the Housing and Homelessness Ministry Director for One Collective Elgin. Um, If anyone out there has an idea for a shortened name, please let me know because (laughs) it's very long and annoying to repeat. Um, But basically I do many things. I wear many hats, so I'll jump in with some context. Uh, over two years ago, one collective Elgin facilitated a housing and homelessness summit uh, for Elgin, and so for the last several decades, you know, homelessness has been a huge issue, mm-hmm. and all these organizations exist and do a phenomenal job at addressing the issue. But what we realized um, was that all these organizations kind of siloed each other and were operating in their own little bubble and not really working together. Mm-hmm. And so we gathered everyone in a room and said, okay, this isn't working. Ten City has been around for over 40 years. What can we do wow. differently? Um, and so out of that came this realization that these organizations and caseworkers needed to work more collaboratively. And out of that summit came part of my role, which is the casework command center coordinator. Okay. Again, any other <laughs> titles will be super helpful. Um, but basically, I facilitate biweekly a group of caseworkers, um, some people from the fire department, police department, mm-hmm. um, county level um, people. And we sit in on a Zoom meeting, talk about clients uh, as a collaborative group. Okay. And so a couple reasons for that is we want to make sure that there's Warm handoffs between caseworkers with clients, um, that there's wraparound support for these clients, mm-hmm. um, that clients aren't collecting caseworkers from a bunch of different oh, organizations all doing sure. the same thing, right? Um, trying to maintain a better list of uh, people that experience homelessness in Elgin, uh, which is a big thing because there's you know three different numbers that for the total amount of people that live on the street, and so trying to consolidate everything into one place, um, is a big thing. So that's one of the things that I do. Wow. Um, another aspect has been researching and developing a potential shelter and housing solution for people that experience homelessness specifically in Elgin. Um, so for those of you that are unaware, which is probably a lot, the Mm -hmm. vacancy rate in Elgin I think is around 3% right now. Um, and so you're talking about um, an 18-year-old having a better shot at getting into Harvard or Yale than for them to get an apartment in Elgin. And if you're talking about someone who you know, works full-time, has a job, and that's the vacancy rate, imagine how much more difficult it is for someone who lives on the street, who has a criminal record. Um, no identification, you know, mm-hmm. a number of things, evictions on their record and how much more difficult it is, you know, it's pretty much impossible. Right. So part of my role has been trying to figure out how we can best serve and love this very specific population of people that experience chronic homelessness. You know, the people that you see on the corner of the street, the people that you see right. in the city, um, on the street corners, in the alleyways, um you know, asking for help. Right. Um, and then probably the biggest thing that I do is try to build, um, and foster relationships and collaborations. Uh, I like to tell people that we're like relational stockbrokers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably the best way to describe it. So between the different organizations, the faith community, local government, trying to bridge all these people together to more effectively address the solution. Um, and so, our like internal one collective language is uh, integrated community transformation. And that's pretty much what it means you know, becoming part of the community, bringing the community together to make sure that everyone has access to food, freedom, and forgiveness.
0: Ooh, that's good. I mean, we could go off on that this that's really good (laughs) i've never heard you put it that way before i love that yeah it's on our website okay (laughs) i love that um how so where did your passion for people experiencing homelessness come from
1: yeah i uh i you know went to church for all of my life got plugged into youth group in high school um that's where i met my boss and colleague uh he was a youth pastor at the time and you know, was super involved in the church, um, thought ministry was working at a church, being a youth pastor, at, you know, mm-hmm. like my pastor at the time, um, or something affiliated with the church, because that's what, you know, good Christian people do, I guess.
0: Right. And that's what ministry is. And that's what ministry is, is mm-hmm. working at a church. Right.
1: Um, and so I decided to go to college to, you know, work at a church. And I went to Moody in downtown Chicago. And studied so I could be, you know, a youth pastor a pastor or something. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Chicago, it's a pretty big city and there are plenty of people who experience homelessness. Yes. And I remember, you know, being downtown, living downtown, walking past people with these cardboard signs, buckets, you know, playing instruments, whatever, asking for help. And here I am studying mm-hmm. ministry, learning what it means to love God follow Jesus and wanting to do something, but just not knowing what, you yeah. know, walking past Chick-fil-A's and McDonald's and seeing people and realizing I can't buy everybody food. Like I'm a broke college student, what right. can I do? Right. Um, and just not really knowing and, you know, becoming one of those people that just walks past, you know, yeah. tried smiling, tried looking and acknowledging their existence. Yeah. Cause I don't think enough people do that. Right. Um, so I graduated you know, was looking for a church job uh, because that's what I thought I went to school to do. Yeah. And I ended up taking a part-time job at a faith-based recovery program. Mm -hmm. And I worked up at their thrift store and the way it worked is, uh, it was a men's program. Someone would come in and they'd be assigned a job in the program. Um, They'd get three meals a day, a place to sleep, they'd attend chapel and Bible studies. So one of the places they were assigned to work was at the thrift store, um, which is where I work and um, talk about a culture shock, Mm. Um, you know, learning all these biblical principles about loving your neighbor and then being faced with the the reality that these men that I probably would have never befriended never talked to um, who I'm now, you know, working at the same place with, and thinking how like this is what it means to love your neighbor mm. uh, these are my neighbors and right. so how do I love people that most of society may not want to love or right. love well yeah and so God just really you know started breaking my heart for it and a couple months in um, this guy came into the program and one of the first days he was sent up to the store. He had like just come in over the weekend, um, sent up to the store to work. And I've never seen anyone with like green skin, you know, like someone who has the flu, just horribly sick. And we're telling him like, Hey, go take a break. Like it's fine. Go back to the dorm, rest up. Like it's okay. Um, he's super stubborn. So we said no. And as time went on, we got to know each other, became acquaintances and friends and one day we're sitting down on a couch in the thrift store and we're chatting and I asked him, you know, what's your story? Like, how did you end up here? Like, I probably could have asked it a better way Yeah. Um, in hindsight, oh. but, you know, I asked for yeah. a story
0: Yeah.
1: and he started telling me yeah, how he was homeless and lived in all these different places and lived in Chicago. And he started listing mm. streets that he stayed off um, out mm. of and he kept talking And all I heard was those streets and thinking I knew every single one of those. And he was there the same time I lived downtown at school and thinking how many times did I just like walk past and never acknowledged, never looked at. And only now, because we're working together, you know, we've developed this relationship and I'm calling him a friend. Right. Uh, And so that, you know, that was another thing that really just broke my heart and realized, you know, I wanted to get into something, um, in this line of work.
0: Right. Um,
1: and so, you know, jumping ahead a bit, but, um, you know, that guy, we became really good friends and, um, watched as he graduated program, mm-hmm. um, got a car, got a job, got a girlfriend, uh, got engaged. <laughs> I was able to do their engagement photos. So then they cool. got married and I did their wedding photos. Yeah. And, um, uh, now they're having a baby boy in, oh. uh, like a month. Um, and so it's just super cool to see how that relationship has transformed over the last six years. Right. Um, and just grown, but it, again, like, I don't know that it would have happened, um otherwise right you know, unless i stepped out of that comfort zone that i had
0: right wow um okay so what are some maybe common myths or misconceptions that people might have for people who are experiencing homelessness that you know for those of us who have no idea what how someone could get there
1: yeah um I always love this question because it makes me angry. I think it's an okay. I think it's an okay anger. I think it's an okay anger. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I first started, I could not believe how many times people ask these questions or they made these statements. Um, I remember when I was buying, uh, buying a car, I was talking to the finance guy and he's asking what I did for work. And, um, you know, I tell him, Hey, like I work for one collective and, you know, around homelessness and it's like, Oh, I thought, you know, people who are homeless aren't, you know, aren't they just lazy and don't they just want to be homeless? And oh. it took everything in me not to just like yeah. lunge across and strangle the guy, <laughs> yeah. uh, but I realized, you know, he genuinely just yeah. doesn't know. Right. right. Um, and I think the reality is that most people who are homeless, um, don't necessarily want to be, and they're trying to find a place to live. Again, in Elgin, it's three percent vacancy rate, and right. there's nowhere for people to go. Um, the cost of living is high, um, and so they're stuck in this cycle of poverty. Sure. Right, they, they can't get out. Right. I um, also like to paint the picture. You know, people are probably sitting down listening to this podcast. So imagine you're sitting down and this massive six four like wrestler stands right in front of you and every time you try to get up out of your chair Mm. dude just pushes you down back into the chair over and over yeah eventually you're going to get tired and you're just probably going to sit there yeah and maybe you know he won't push you but he's just going to stand right in front of you and it's still really challenging
0: yes right
1: so i think um it's probably a case for a lot of people is that there's a sense of hopelessness that organizations, caseworkers, people have kind of burned them in the past. They've made promises that they can't keep. And so you just kind of resign. Uh
0: Um,
1: Another one is when I hear people who say that homeless people uh, are dangerous and pose a threat to society. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, not entirely true studies have shown that homelessness doesn't increase crime rates and that people experiencing homelessness are just as likely as any other person to follow the law um but again people cherry pick whatever statistics or they say well i'm one up in this one area okay well
0: yeah sure generally
1: speaking though that's a misconception
0: yeah
1: Um, another one, um, is that people who are are homeless are homeless because of substance abuse or mental health illness. Hmm. Um, yes, but it's such a complex issue, right? So by definition, homelessness is, you know, not having a house. So it's not necessarily that substance abuse or mental illness is the cause for that.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, But they can often be a result of homelessness rather than a cause.
0: Okay. That makes sense.
1: And um, again, like you're dealing with such, with so many individuals. So it's not just a one size fits all kind of solution, right? Right. I mean, in some ways, yes, like people need a home, yeah. um, but keeping in mind, like some people develop mental illness or, you know, substance abuse um, because of their homeless coping. because they're homeless they're coping. Yes, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and then it's just that vicious cycle. Of they can't get out of it. Yeah. Um, or yeah. that's how they start and they just, that's how they cope and they don't know any other way and they're just stuck in a cycle of poverty and, um, and homelessness. Mm. So those are just a few, um, misconceptions that I've heard. Uh, right. And I think most people have, um, but I think it's really important for people to educate themselves on, you know, the realities of homelessness and challenging these myths and other misconceptions. Um, you know, especially for yourself. I know that was something I had to wrestle with was, you know, what biases do I have? What stereotypes mm-hmm. do I have? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think education is key.
0: Right. So
1: hopefully you guys are learning something. From Getting this. educated. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So going back to my example at the beginning of the thing that I sometimes do when I see someone standing on a corner. Um, so just on like a really practical in the moment level, what would you say we should or could do if we see someone holding up a sign that says homeless or we'll work for food or whatever?
1: Yeah. So I, um, going back to the misconception one a little bit, um, this is, I think I had a conversation with one of my caseworker friends and, you know, you hear people like, oh, I don't want to give them money. Like they're going to use it for drugs or alcohol. And, yeah. Um, you know, like maybe, right. You can't know for sure. Yeah. Uh, but then it's like, well, the person who's giving it, like, are they, what are they using the money for? You know, are oh. you going to go buy a bottle of wine and sit at home? Like,
0: interesting.
1: nobody knows. Uh, right. So just a little pushback on that one.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: You know, I don't know that I would personally hand out money, but there definitely are more constructive things. So, yeah. um, one of the things I think is to hand out things that people can actually use. Um, so for this winter, a good example, like keep some hand warmers, cough drops, tissues, socks, mm-hmm. water, snacks, like practical things that, um, can help people. Yeah. Uh, gift cards are always great too. Or like food. Yeah. Uh, be mindful of what food though, too. Sure. Um, you know yeah i'll just leave it at that like be smart about it yeah um asking people what they would actually like what they need, what they need you know i think that's yeah. probably a good way
0: right um
1: and then another one that i think is super important again really pushing and challenging people's uh yeah. comfort zones is learning someone's name yeah. right and if you see the same person on the corner every day or every week you know, challenge yourself, like get to know them. What's their story? Yes. You know, maybe they're not, um, the person you thought they were.
0: Right. Know? Right. Um,
1: I think that's huge.
0: That's really good. Um, okay. What are some like bigger picture ways that we could support our community? I, I mean, I'm not sure the odds of people who necessarily live in Elgin uh, mm-hmm. who are listening to this, so, but I mean, I'm guessing the things that you're sharing are what anyone in any city would find in their population. So bigger picture, what would you say would be a good way or several ways that we could support our community in trying to solve these issues? Mm -hmm.
1: I think, um, obviously, there's probably tons of volunteer opportunities around you. Uh, I'd encourage people to get plugged in uh, into a place. And, you know, there's one-off volunteer opportunities like oh yeah like you could serve at a soup kitchen or um i don't know lead a bible study for a day a month or something you know just something yeah. like one off things yes um but i would challenge another challenge for everyone listening
0: but that would be a good uh, first step it's a good first step yes 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 good first step. thank you if that's what you've got that's, start there yes <laughs> yeah and
1: then um the push would be to to find something that's more consistent. Or, okay. Um, repetitive, like recurring. Yes. Um, it takes a long time to build relationships. Yes. Um, especially, you know, imagine you're somebody who's been burned by an organization, caseworkers, people have made promises, right. you know, your level of trust is going to be pretty low. Right. Um, you know, it took me a few months to get to know my friend from the recovery program.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: it's taken me like a year already to um, get to know some of the people that I've seen every week since I've been working, right. you know,
0: yeah,
1: um, to get like a, Hey, how's it going back? Like it mm. takes a long time, right? Um, but it is so worth it. So I think that's another uh, big one. Yeah. Um, I mentioned before education, um, studying for yourselves, learning the statistics for yourselves, um, in an unbiased way, right. I think is really important.
0: I didn't ask you this ahead of time, so I'm,
1: oh no, but
0: uh, do you have, is there like a book or two that you would recommend? And if not, I can put it in the show notes. If you don't have like a title off head. I will think
1: of one okay. and I will, um, uh, send those to you. Okay. Think, we will add it. Um, a good one that I really liked is, um, talks about specifically addiction. Okay. Um, because I think that's a big, again, misconception um, it's called In the Realm of Hungry Ghosts by mm. Gabor Mate. Okay. He's a doctor that practiced at a clinic on Skid Row in Canada. And mm-hmm. so he writes his own personal experiences, but then dives into the like science and the brain chemistry and how the brain functions because of addiction. And wow. um, I, I personally just loved it. It yeah. changed everything about addiction for me and mm-hmm. its understanding
0: um, which helped with your work?
1: Which, uh, yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah, uh, realizing like no people actually may not have a choice in right. trying to overcome their addiction. So okay. how do you help them?
0: Right. Okay. Um,
1: but yeah, that that is probably okay. My favorite book I've read.
0: Good. Sorry, I totally. Um, no, that. that's okay. <laughs>
1: um, so again, education that's really important, uh, and I think advocating for change and change and solutions. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest roadblocks to um, you know, a shelter or an affordable housing community, even that phrase alone, affordable housing has so many connotations. Yeah. Um, again, study, educate, um, but advocating for those things, mm. um, I'm really trying to understand what that means, Yeah. Um, what affordable housing means and helping advocate because the community can be the biggest stopping point, which is really sad.
0: Like, oh, absolutely! Um, I can think of a local building that I won't say where or what the building was, but huge. It was going to be like this thing, this great right. opportunity, and the community was like, "Not in our backyard." Yeah, kind of scenario. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: you know, if you get all those people who say "Not in my backyard" and people who say "Yes in my backyard," yes, uh, the things that could be done. Would yes. be incredible.
0: Right. So um also didn't ask you this question. Oh no. Um why is this important? Why as I I would say most of the people who listen to this podcast would claim to follow Christ. So as Christ followers, yeah. Why is this important for us?
1: Oh boy, we have <laughs> another 30 minutes. I think that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, in short, you know, Jesus told us to love your neighbor, and he asked, you know, by um, well, the teacher of the law, asked, who is my neighbor? Mm-hmm. And Jesus went on to describe this person that the teacher of the law would have never associated with right. the person did, you know, such out-of-the-ordinary things, things that would not would have been considered, you know, dirty or unacceptable to her help the man on the side of the road. Right. right. And uh, I think in James, you had mentioned this uh, mm-hmm. at some point, you know, pure and undefiled religion is caring for the orphans and widows. Um, and I would add in parentheses, the most vulnerable people. Yes. And You know, people that experience homelessness are some of the most vulnerable people. Right. Um, you know, and Jesus met people right where they were. He didn't expect them to change before mm. he helped them. And mm. I think, that's another big thing. I'm uh, sorry for any backlash you get about that one. I don't so.
0: think, well, <laughs> they all know me well enough to know that that's, yeah. Keep talking. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, yeah. I'm a huge advocate for meeting people where they are. I never used to be until, yeah. you know, it became my reality, you know, until I built those relationships and I got to know people and realize. they were your
0: friends. Right. And not just, a, a nameless person that you walked by Mm -hmm. exactly yeah Yeah. okay so we're wrapping up here is there anything you would like to add I don't think so you've some good questions (laughs) my hard-hitting uh journalism skills here um okay can you share how people can support your work
1: yeah so specifically um a little selfishly um, my role is entirely support based by people who donate. Um, so that would be one way. Yeah. Um, hey, don't know if you want to add that into the show. I'm absolutely going to okay. add that okay. into the Great. show. Notes, so how they can that will be the, the link um, with a link directly to my support page. Um, you know, I couldn't do anything that I've done without people's support. Thanks. Um, yeah. ex- and
0: everybody. Think missionary. I mean, this yeah. is, I know it's, I'm just. No, it's, yeah. But if you support a missionary in another country, I'm, I'm simplifying yeah. this. No, and no, go you can, you can go correct ahead. me, you can correct me. But I mean, th- so think that kind of model as right. far as supporting your work. We would yeah. support, I'm gonna yeah. say no difference. You can fill in the gaps, yeah. but it's no different than if you are supporting a person who's working in Africa.
1: Right, it's just not glorious or cool to say like, yeah, I do work in the United States, which is one of the (laughs) wealthiest countries, but you know, still don't, it's the same thing, like entirely support-based. Right, Um,
0: didn't mean to take you off on (laughs) a... No, I We're gonna get off the podcast and there's gonna be a... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> You're the one
1: who has to handle all the emails, so that's <laughs> fine. Um, sign up for the newsletter, yes. and obviously prayer—if um, that's yes. something that yeah. you guys do. Yes, um, you can also check out onecollectiveelgin.org for updates and to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's O-N-E, collective elgin e l g i n dot org, and that kind of shows more like broadly what uh the team does so we focus on a couple other things but my expertise is on housing and
0: homelessness okay great yeah thank you for joining us alex thank you i am so proud of you thank you i'm so proud of the work that you're doing Um, Okay, so as always, sweet girls, if this episode or the All That to Say podcast has been meaningful to you, would you consider sharing it or subscribing to it or rating it or reviewing it? All of those mean so much more to me than you know. And all that to say, you are the unconditionally beloveds of God and he is so delighted with you. You came into this world and you start each day already completely loved with no other loves to beg for and nothing to prove to anyone. Till next time, so, so much love. Bye. Bye. <laughs> hey there, sweet girls. Did you know that I have 18 freebies? I do. Everything from a daily wholeness checklist to a bunch of webcasts like, do you feel loved? And what are my needs? And who am I now? And I have a free Facebook group. I obviously have this podcast. Um, Let's see, I have a book that I've never released called rumors of you. Um, I have a link to 16 of my guided meditations. Gosh, a 14-day marriage challenge, um, a marriage assessment, a quiz for if you're ready to date, and seven days of prayers for challenging marriages, for separation, divorce, for remarriage. Yeah, a lot of free stuff. So check out the links in my show notes today.